Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening and welcome to Coronavirus Fact and Fiction. Oh, sorry, wrong podcast. Uh, welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 426. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're here to talk football. It's been pretty slow week in football, so we're going to the bottom of the barrel for topics right now. It's uh, like the crickets are out there. Nothing's happening. So we're going to talk some football. Uh, just joking about the coronavirus. Actually, if you want to know all about it, uh, tune into Sirius XM uh, channel 121. And that is actually um, coronavirus radio. Um, and they will tell you the difference between the fact and fictions that's going around on social media right now. Okay. Uh, we're going to forget about that. And what are we going to talk about? I don't know. There's a plethora of high name free agents that are still out there on the on the marketplace. But, you know, hey, why don't they have a job? Is it the end of the line for some of them? Maybe. Manny Arsenault, Sean Lemon. I don't think Sean Lemon's done. Odell Willis, good possibility. Um, you know, hey, but Darrell Walker? Darrell Walker's still out there. I don't know what's going on here. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the 10 highest paid free agents. Were they worth it? I don't know if anybody's worth it right now. There's too many people getting done. We're going to talk about coaches, Ryan Dinwiddie and uh, who's the other one? Pinball Clements. No, no, we're talking about Toronto. We're going to talk a lot about Toronto. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Eastern Division of the CFL for all those people in Ottawa that whine and cry that we don't talk about the East enough. And when we do, we just trash them. Uh, I noticed that there's nothing about Halifax on the agenda. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a good thing. Okay, so let's uh, see what we're going to do. This and I don't know. Let's just open up the mics and get to the guys because I got nothing to rant about. Uh, nothing to but about football. Just been a busy little beaver around the ranch. And, uh, uh, you know, hey, what can I say? I haven't had time to look at too much of anything. I do know that the the Lucifer TV series uh, is uh, being released in June of this year on Netflix, and uh, they've actually just signed on for a season six, which is pretty spectacular. Oh, uh, I've digressed again from football. Will, welcome to the show. What do you got to talk about? Well, I'm I'm hoping all of you guys are wearing face masks uh, tonight because I don't want to catch the coronavirus from you, okay? Can you catch it through radio waves or not? It's a digital virus, so it's possible your, your computer could be infected. Okay, how about my phone? Should I be touching my phone or... or well, touching your phone it? is better than touching other things. Well, should I wrap it in toilet paper? You should paper not be first? touching those things. Should I wrap my phone in toilet paper? Let me ask Put a condom question. around it. Put a condom on your and phone. And then should I squirt it with hand sanitizer? Yes, Okay. Yes, especially uh, in the little part where you put the cord. I'm protected then. Okay. I guess I'm protected now. Okay. 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 Anyways, yeah, you know what? It was a pretty slow week in football. I did see some things, and everything I saw happens to be on our agenda tonight. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Well, isn't that good? 
Charles yeah. has done a wonderful job with this agenda, considering there's absolutely nothing to talk about. I'm impressed that he actually got eight items. <clears throat> good job, well, Charles. How, Charles, it did, did a good job of that. It so. literally took me hours to find those eight items. Because I'm looking here, and I'm scrolling through stuff, and I'm looking, I'm like, there's nothing here. <laughs> what am I going to talk about? I was able to scrape something, in, scrape enough in to get some sort of agenda out. I'm sure if you start us off, Charles, we can figure it out. It was not easy, but I'm sure we got enough there. And if we don't, we'll find other stuff. So we seem to be good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I just saw a, a, a meme that makes sense. And it's uh, uh, to all the people who have bought 27 bottles of soap, leaving none on the shelves for others, you do realize that to stop getting the coronavirus, you need other people to wash their hands, too? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I just, there's... Sure these people are, I just figure these people are, like, building themselves, like, a little toilet paper fort, and they think that's going to protect them. I don't know. Because I don't know there, what else There's people that do. are going into fast food restaurants, into the washrooms, and stealing the toilet paper. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. That's funny. That's funny. It's, it's funny as hell. It, it's ridiculous. Okay, let's talk some football because I don't know. We could talk about idiots. Well, wait a minute. Right. I got, I got, I got one more story about about toilet paper. I was in, I was in Las Vegas with my mother-in-law and father-in-law one year, and my mother-in-law went to the bathroom. And she came out of the bathroom. She came out of the bathroom. And she had a toilet paper tail. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. And the three of us, my wife, my father-in-law, and myself, we couldn't tell her because all three of us were laughing so hard, we couldn't even talk. How long and was this tail? On, oh, it was, I'm going to say, at least 12 inches long, okay? <laughs> Uh-oh. This is not good. And, and, and... I, I, we, she kept on looking at us and asking us if we could let her in on the joke, and I don't think I've ever laughed that hard because it was funny. I'm sorry. Ah, let's have a good laugh on account of an old person. But what can I say? Anyways, we can continue oh. now with football. Wow. There's a, they, they now have Crown Royal with a spray bottle so that you can spray your throat. <laughs> That's a fabulous idea. That's, it's, it's working for me. Oh, yeah. That I mean, can take care of everything. That can take care of more than just a coronavirus. That'll take care of all you your problems. You could wash your hands with that, too. No, that's a waste. I know it's a waste, but you can lick your finger. Oh no, you're not allowed to lick your fingers. Not allowed to lick okay. your fingers. Yeah. Oh well. What are you gonna do? But yeah, it is what it is. Anyways, let's talk about football. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I'm just looking at this thing, and that this uh, Aaron Taylor's uh, got a. I mean, out here, and she goes, you know, if we tax the billionaires too much, they won't be able to buy the essentials like NFL franchises, islands, and tax-deductible think tanks. 
It's true. You got to be careful. Nobody thinks about stuff like that. No, I mean these are first world problems that nobody really thinks about. <clears throat> oh, there's a new toilet paper tax coming out to <clears throat> fight the coronavirus. A toilet paper tax? Yeah, well they're going to tax toilet paper, so and, and use the money to research to help the the coronavirus. Okay. Makes sense, right? Oh. It's like carbon tax. Oh, why not? And like I mentioned off air, the rumors are true. I just returned from Walmart, and there is no toilet paper available today. As I was telling Christopher earlier, I have a friend who works for Costco, and he said the other day they got 40,000 rolls of toilet paper in, and they were gone in 20 minutes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, can we talk some football? Yeah, we can. Sure, why not? What what, what are we going to talk about? Let's. So yeah, so the other other people on the podcast here are Charles and Phil, and uh, they've all piped in on our coronavirus uh, conversation here. So I don't really uh, introduce them any other than that because we should just carry on. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's look at the 10 highest paid free agents of this year. Wow. What are we going to do? Okay. Let's go to the agenda. I got to get the link up. Sorry. I, I, I was asleep at the wheel. I was looking at this carrot with the big dick. Did you see that thing that David Benefield posted? Is there anybody else not. here who thinks it's carrot? Okay, CFL free agent market was much different in 2020 than some expected. Plenty of players had dollar signs in their eyes, but the reality was only a few athletes who switched teams received contracts that were premium dollars, excluding contracts like Matt Nichols and Nick Arbuckle and James Franklin. Here are the top 10 highest paid true free agents. Cleon Lang, number one. National defensive lineman went to Ottawa. Okay, so $215,000 in hard money that includes a $50,000 signing bonus. So he's got $50,000 right now. He should be able to buy enough toilet paper to last him till the June, okay? Uh, is this too much money for a defensive lineman? $215,000 in hard money? I mean, that means he's yes. guaranteed to get that money. That's okay, a that's lot. Just, right? That's a, a lot of money. Tackle, and a defensive tackle, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 29 years old. Well, he's in his prime. I guess that's one good thing. He still didn't have as many uh, sacks as what uh, Mr. Charlton Hughes had. So, anyhow. Nope. Uh, number two, Sean McEwen, national offensive lineman, Calgary Stampeders. Calgary Stampeders paid the most in the CFL for an offensive lineman. $50,000 signing bonus as well. Total hard money, 205 What the hell was John Huffnagel thinking? Well, and the rumor is 
he did give give Calgary a hometown discount. So they said he could have gotten more on the open market. More than so, two hundred and five thousand dollars. Two hundred five. I think um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's a national too. Of course, yeah, it does. am I missing? Sorry, Am I missing ahead, something, gentlemen? Is Sean McEwen, is, is he a tackle or, or is he a guard? No, he is, he is a center. He's a center. Yep. Oh, that's right. So now, why would Calgary spend that kind of money? This is why they'd spend that kind of money. So what they've done is Sean McEwen is going to be their center. Um, uh, Brad Erdos and... And, uh, God, what's his other guy's name are going to be the guards. So they'll have a national center offensive line. And by signing Sean McEwen, they managed to not sign Derek Dennis again. And they're going to take on Cumbre Williams, who was their center last year, and move him out to left tackle. And what's his name? Kazatani is going to be the right tackle. So they have their O-line set now. Okay. Okay. So, and he is a hometown boy, and maybe they're thinking he's going to bring people into the stands because he's a hometown boy. Well, he's also not going to run away next free agency, hopefully. Probably not. But not likely, no. Okay. And that, that's a good thing. I mean, we had that talk the other night with uh, um, lost his name. Charles, talk to me. Randy Ambrosi. Randy Ambrosi. Yeah, he. Uh, we were talking about that as the why uh, players come, you know, you, you draft them and then the next year they fuck off back to their hometown. Why do we draft people from our, you know, is what's the league going to do about this? Well, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the league's responsibility to do anything about it. I think it's the general manager that's supposed to be smart enough so you gotta to, keep uh, to draft idiots that are going to go running home to mama, right? And uh, that, that's the bottom line. And so they, one of the things this year is they're giving the two lowest teams, which is Ottawa and Toronto, a, um, they call it a territorial pick after the second round, was it? Between the second and third round, there's a territorial pick for the two bottom teams. So that's an interesting concept. That, I mean, they're trying to do something a little bit better. Yep. Oh. So there we go. Number three on the list. First American, Devarius Daniels, receiver. If he stays healthy and it's all but assured his first career 1,000 yard season will come. He hasn't got a 1,000 yard season yet. How can he be that's, the highest paid receiver? That's uh, a big. $190,000 for an American receiver. $80,000 signing bonus. And he gets $550 per game. He plays more than 51% of the offensive snaps. $90,000 for a receiver. Okay, who else thinks that's ridiculous? I do. It, that's that's way too much. Especially Absolutely. for Diver, 
you know, Demarius, Demarius Daniels, Daniels. Like you said, he's never had a thousand yard receiver before. Uh, right. He's he was in Calgary for a long yeah. time, and I think the reason he left Calgary is number one, they wouldn't pay him enough money, and number two, he was not as he was not the guy in Calgary, and I think he has a desire to be the guy. I don't think he has the guy talent, though. He could have the guy so. talent if he had the right quarterback. I don't think he has the right quarterback in Toronto. Well, I'm uh, not in, totally sure they have a quarterback in Toronto. Well, unless he's, you know, I think he's got a, what will he have to catch to get a thousand yards? Like, I think he'll have to catch 78 12 yard passes for Matt Nichols because that's all Matt yeah. Nichols is going to throw. So, Pretty much. So. Well, let's do that math, okay? Have, did, did you do the math or are you just making the number up? I made the number up. Okay, so 12-yard passes into 1,000. You need 83. You're short by five. Okay. okay. He needs 83 receptions that get him at least 12 yards each. Okay? Matt, Nuck, Matt Nichols throws a lot of five-yarders too, okay? Well, he does. Um, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to say I didn't like Devarius Daniels when he was here, but because uh, I did. But uh, I think he's a guy who's all about the money. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move on from that. Micah Johnson is in the number four position. American defensive lineman with the BC Lions. Ed Hervey opened up his wallet again. Gave him a signing bonus of 100k which is part of his $190,000 contract. If Johnson plays 51% of the defensive snaps in 15 or more games, another $5,000 to the deal. That's $5,000, not per game. That's for this whole season. Johnson, Cleon Lang. Who would you rather have on your team? Well, if he plays the way he did in Calgary, I'd rather have Mickey Johnson, to be honest with you. Yeah. $25,000 difference. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with Mickey Johnson as a BC Lion. No problems there. Phil, you've been very quiet. Well, Mickey Johnson is... When you consider he, it's a sixty thousand dollar discount to what he played for last year, so I, I think it looks like good value. But comparing him directly with Cleon Lang, you gotta remember Cleon Lang's a, a national too, which adds considerable value to his to that position. So hey, okay. I, I think both I of them have are a problem, problem with that. I don't think Canadians should be paid more money because they're Canadians. I think they should be paid more money because they're better players. Well, when you start your new league, Christopher, you can make that a rule, okay? But it doesn't happen in the CFL. Canadians Canadians tend to get paid a little bit more because they are Canadian. I understand. I'm cognizant of the concept, but I don't like it and I don't agree with it. No. 
Okay. You know what? I, I think I think uh, the two guys BC signed, like Mika Johnson and who's the guy, Charles, the defensive end, who's going to take what's-his-name's place from Calgary? What was his name? Nash or Nish or Nick or uh, crap. Tavi. Tavia? Uh, Asher. J. J. R. Kasher. Kasher. Oh, Kasher, yeah. But he's one even on. Oh, yeah, he's on this list. He's number seven. Yeah, he's one farther down. Guys, one of these two guys is going to have a really good season because of the other one. Yeah. One will one will draw so much attention, it will free the other one up. I was kind of thinking that, too. Yeah. 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 And it may or be that thing where or, or the offensive line is just going to get confused, and they're both going to have good seasons. That's as long as as long as the system is the right system. I mean, you would have thought that last year Mika Johnson would have had a great season next to uh next to Charleston Hughes. But his season sucked last year, let's face yeah. it. Were they, what was that? But to quote my esteemed friend from Regina, four hands on him all the time. Yeah, was he double teamed and Charlton Hughes, the old part, wasn't? Constant. Yeah, I think Charlton had the season he had because because of uh, Mika Johnson of that defensive tackle, you know, because of Mika Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what if Charlton did the same thing the year before. What was the excuse there? Nobody's saying that Charlton Hughes is not a, a, an awesome defensive lineman. Nobody. Right. And, and to answer your question, Will, I think the reason that Charleston had such a good 2018 campaign is that on the other side, we had Willie Jefferson as well. Right. And then the year before that. He was in Calgary, wasn't uh, he? Then he was, he was in Calgary with Micah Johnson. Yep. Has he only been so, in Saskatchewan for four years? I thought he was in or for three, three years. years. Yeah. Just, just two seasons. That's it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Rick Johnson, according to Wikipedia. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Well, we'll have to go up to the CFL.ca on him. Uh... He was only in Saskatchewan for 2019. He was in Calgary in 2018. No, he wasn't. Uh, I think that's an error. We're talking about Micah Johnson here. Oh, yep. Micah Johnson. Yeah, he's only been in Saskatchewan for a year. Yeah, yeah. just the one okay. year he was in Calgary for six years before that. Yes. But Charleston Hughes, is that who you were talking about, right? Yes. Okay, sorry. My, my bad. Charleston Hughes. Oh, shit. What did I just do? Okay. Um, so he was in Saskatchewan in 18 and 19. He was in Calgary every year before that. Yep. So there you go. He had, uh, he's had 16 sacks in... Uh, 2016 and 2019, 15 and 2018. He had 18 sacks in 2013. This guy's a machine. 
And how come he's only making $165,000 this season then? Because he's realistic in his expectations. He's not just a sack master either. He's tremendous against the run. Okay. Coming down my list. The next one up is Philip Blake, number five, national offensive lineman with Tarana. Again, a 50K signing bonus, 171000 overall. Uh, and it, he can get a $500 per game bonus for every game he plays more than 51% of the offensive snaps. So these are not rotational players, or at least they don't want to be. I believe Philip Blake is the most, it's, I can't believe I'm saying underrated, but the most underrated offensive lineman in the league. Now, it's hard to, like I say, it's hard to believe because he's either a third or fourth round NFL draft pick. Probably the highest draft pick of any player playing in the CFL currently. Um, really? He did, he did have some injury two years ago, but uh, the Riders couldn't afford to keep him. There was no way unless... Uh, Brendan LeBat were to retire. And should have retired, you mean? You know, I was kind of hoping that he would and that Philip Blake would be his replacement. Off to Toronto. Number six, Riker Matthews, an American, offensive lineman, BC Lions. This is the most underrated pick of the entire thing. This is what they needed to keep Mike Riley upright, or at least part of what they needed to keep him upright. $170,000 from hard money from BC. What's your thoughts on this one? Is he worth the 170000 Yes. Yeah, so, I, I got to say yes. Just remembering back to last year and how many times that Mike Riley got hit, you got to protect them. Yes, you do. So I'm going to say yeah. So this was being a necessary an cost. Being an, an American offensive lineman doesn't make him the highest paid lineman. It just makes him a, a lineman, right? Because we've got nationals up in the number one spot, Sean McEwen. Uh, does is he the best offensive lineman in the CFL? Who? Riker Matthews. Is he the very best? He's up there. I don't know if I would call him the very best, but I, I think he's up there. Was he the best offensive lineman in the draft available? In other words, let's right. compare him to Sean McEwen. Sean, you said Sean McEwen got overpaid because he's a Canadian. Okay. If he was an American, what would his signing have been worth? Well, less because he's, he's a guard. Yes, and Matthews is a, a tackle. We know. We understand the difference. Matthews is the set, or sorry. Matthews is a tackle, right? Matthews is a tackle, and he's opposite Joe Figueroa. Right. 
So the, those are the two tackles that BC's going to host this year. So, you know, for all the people at the very beginning of the of free agency who said that BC is going to be a wash because they've got no money because they paid their quarterback way too much, we're looking at the top ten here, and we got what? One, two, three, four. 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 Four out of the three top. Three BC Lions and one on the honorable or just on the outside. Yeah, that's so. right. So, seriously. I don't understand that. Must be finding money somewhere. Maybe we should put Ed Hervey out to try to find toilet paper. Because he seems to be coming up with it. It's not not a matter of money. It's a matter of finding toilet paper. Come on. Money buys everything. You know, often we see teams that that go big in free agency, they end up releasing... uh, Another player that's still under contract before camp to get themselves out of it. Not necessarily before camp, camp, but definitely before the last cut-down cut day. But, yes, I, I understand. I'm not, not saying that everybody is staying here, and I'm not jumping up and down about how talented the BC Lions are. Trust me, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let them prove that to me first. Although I do like a lot of their moves. You okay there, William? Yes, sorry. I apologize. I thought I, I thought heard some African barking button. spiders. Yeah, you did. Okay. Number seven, Chris Casher, American defensive lineman, BC Lions. Casher was part of the youth movement on the BC Lions defense. Seven sacks. Ooh, is that it? 26-year-old, 145000 in $50,000 signing bonus. Uh, Hervey seems appears to have reached uh, Willis. Hmm. Odell Willis is still a free agent. We'll talk about him in a little while. Is he going to stay free agent? I don't know. Was this a good move? I think we talked about Chris Casher already. We already like Chris Casher and uh, Mickey Johnson on the same defensive line together. Yep. Charles does. I do. Will's pretty okay with it. Bill. Yeah, the price seems right for him for pass rusher. Uh, it's not bad at 145, eh? Yep, and, and 26 years old too. He, his upside for his, you know, he hasn't reached his peak yet. I don't think. No. Okay, and uh, cruising down the list, number eight, Jawan Breskison. National receiver. Did I? How did I pronounce that? Was that good enough, guys? I didn't hear yes, anybody yes. bitching. No. Okay. That's right. Uh, Toronto Argonauts. Here's Toronto dumping good big coin on another receiver. Hundred forty thousand dollars for this twenty-seven year old. Hmm. That's not a lot of money. That's not bad, but I still think it's too much money for a receiver. I do too. And if you yeah, will. If you will, the only year he's been in the league for four years, the only year he played the full 18 games, he got a whopping 567 yards. Yeah, but who was that with? Calgary. Mm. But he was pretty far down on the depth chart, wasn't he? 
Well, yeah, and last year, last year he only played four games because he was injured most of the year. He only got 168 yards. Yeah. So, you know what? I think he probably went to the team that would promise him the most money, and I know Calgary wasn't going to give him. I'm thinking his ceiling in Calgary was probably a hundred grand, maybe. Yeah. Okay. In a recent interview with McLeod Bethel-Thompson, it was pointed out that uh, none of the Toronto Argonauts receivers from 2019 is returning for 2020. Or at least none of their starters. Okay. So in in talking about the BC Lions with three out of the top ten highest paid free agents, okay, with one honorable mention, Toronto's at five of ten with an honorable mention. Seriously, how is that reality? And how did Calgary even get on this list? Anyhow, uh, number nine, Darius Bladek, National Offensive Lineman, Toronto Argonauts. He's making $131,000 in hard money with an, a further $20,000 in incentive bonus. That's $151,000 for a National Offensive Lineman. That's not out of the realm of possibilities. I think, I think that's a good contract. Yeah. Especially for a national. He's yeah, proven himself as a bona fide starter now too. And he's a local okay. kid. Like why around Toronto? Yeah, he uh he was in the prairies and university in pra- in the prairies and then he transferred over to southern Ontario. And uh yeah, so now he's playing in uh in Argo Land. Good for him. And the last Number 10, Chris Aki. Aki? National defensive back slash linebacker with the Toronto Argonauts. $128,000 with a $35,000 signing bonus with an additional $1,000 per game on incentives. That's an extra eighteen grand. So his contract could be up to one hundred and fifty k. Wow. Well, good for him. National defensive back. I mean, seriously, everybody on here, everybody on this list was on the line except for two receivers and a DB. And how many of them were, well, aren't all of them, like, of the offensive linemen? They're all Canadian offensive linemen, are they not? No. No. Uh Riker Matthews was an American at BC. He's the one out of he's the exception. He's Everybody the exception Canadian on, on offensive line. I yes, I do believe. Yeah. And there's a couple of American all, defensive linemen out there, Micah Johnson I mean, and Chris Casher. It's typical for a tackle to be American in the CFL. Yeah. Usually we put the Canadians inside and the Americans are on the outside. Yes. And we need big, mean, ugly Americans, kind of like the Rob Murphy, Jason Jimenez era. 
That I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching offensive linemen back then. Those two guys knew how to cheat. Okay. And just on the outside, Don Unamba, American strong side linebacker with Ottawa, making 125. Chris Rowe, defensive, American defensive lineman with Craig Toronto. Rowe. What's that? Craig what did Rowe. I say? Chris Rowe. Okay. Yeah, Craig Rowe, 125K. And JR. I like that contract. You do? You like Craig yes. Rowe for 125 grand? Yes, I do. Eh. He's a good pass rusher. J.R. Tavaya, American defensive lineman, BC Lions. 125000 Is there anybody that shouldn't be pay, being paid what they're being paid? I think Cleon Lang got too much money. That's just me. Uh, I think both of the receivers in here are both by Toronto got paid way too much. Especially Devarius Daniels. I think you can go down into America and pick up a couple kids right out of university, pay them on a, a, a rookie contract, and, and probably would get just as much or close to it in production from these guys. Personal opinion. Why I like Mr. Huffnagel's philosophy. Things just got quiet. What happened? It did. Well, you're still there. Know, the, that must be Will. Boom, he must have muted he must himself. Have up on mute. Okay. Maybe the wife's bitching at him. No, Patty wouldn't do that. Okay. So that's the end of this. My wife never bitches at me. You know that. I know. I know. That's what I said. There's no way that that was what was happening. I, I, I spoke okay. before I realized who I was talking about. I know. Very nice. Now, if any woman had a right to bitch about their husband, it would be Patty. I agree with you 100%. First time ever on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. So that's the highest paid 10 10 to 13 highest paid uh, free agents this year that changed teams. Not counting quarterbacks. Because we know Arbuckle and uh, who are the other guys? James Franklin. I can't believe that James Franklin got a raise going to Saskatchewan. That just doesn't make sense. Matt Nichols going to Toronto, Arbuckle in Ottawa, and Saskatchewan picked up second stringer James Franklin. And he got a raise, which is bizarre. And he got a raise, which is, yeah, bizarre. After the season he had? <laughs> I, I think I would – you could have gone after Jonathan Jennings. You would have had the same caliber – uh, quarterback, and you probably could have got a massive discount. Could have gotten him cheaper too. Yeah. And and the one thing we haven't mentioned, as far as free agent goes, and he is no longer a free free agent, is Brandon Bridge has decided to take a different path in life. Yeah. 
Where's he going? Where's he going? He's going to be a police officer. Really? I did not hear that. Yes. And he's very fast, so he could run people down as long as he doesn't throw them the ball, because he can't throw the ball. Anyways. Oh, so I just, Jared, our buddy Jared, Zanwich, Zanwich? Yes. uh, Has given us a, a solution to the Costco problem. You know what it is? Yes. What's that? Amazon. Amazon.ca has lots of toilet paper and cheap. There you go. And they deliver it to you, too. Free delivery. Absolutely. Right to your door. You don't have to go up and get contaminated by the coronavirus. Yeah, but is it contaminated from all the people working in their warehouse? That's the question. I don't know. And that was not and that was not a racist comment whatsoever, but I've seen who works at I've seen who works at Amazon in Calgary, okay? Well who knows? Yes, who knows? But whatever. It is a thought. Fair enough. <sighs> Toilet paper available at Amazon. So, so are we? Are we just influxing every now and then a little bit of coronavirus here? I heard today that in Macon, Georgia, they closed all the schools today because there was a maintenance worker with with Corona. So, yeah, with the beer or the virus, the beer. Huh? The beer or the virus? The the virus. Wow. That's kind of excessive. I think that if the maintenance worker was drinking beer, I'd understand them closing the school. Well, I'd understand them firing the maintenance worker, but... There there, there was, yeah. There was a meme up today that kind of got it. Canadians are saying that we should control the coronavirus at all costs. Tim Hortons cancels roll up the rim to to win. Canadians say, "Whoa, hold on there, what the fuck?" Yeah, right. That's because that's because Tim's is in trouble. That's why they canceled the Tim's Cup, but this is a good excuse. Okay. Let's carry on. Okay. What are we doing now? Second up, what are our expectations for Ryan Dinwiddie as a rookie head coach in Tirana? Wow. I don't expect Ryan Dinwiddie to light CFL on fire simply for the fact that he is coaching Toronto. Yes. Okay. I can agree. If Dave Dixon had keeled over and died and Ryan Dinwiddie was promoted to head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, he probably would have a very successful year. Maybe not as successful as Dave, but a very successful year because he's in Calgary. I think Toronto is kind of a place where quarterbacks go to die (laughs) or be killed or something. 
So I just hey, when, what do you say, Charles? I was just gonna say when you when you've got a um, when you've got a uh, situation that seems like such a mess, uh, like uh, Toronto does. Personally, if it were me, I'd be wanting uh, a guy uh, with experience to take that job over. I just think for a rookie, uh, when you're walking into a mess like that, it's really difficult. Especially a guy who really hasn't been much of a... Uh, well, has he been a um, coordinator before? Or? No. Never a coordinator. No. Never a coordinator. So, yeah. <laughs> There's the problem. I, I pretty much think there's a problem here. But now you would think now isn't the the, the purpose of um we learn from other mistakes, other people's mistakes? Isn't isn't that kind of the concept? Aren't you supposed to? Typically you would think so, yeah. Okay. So last year BC Lions had a terrible team right they had the highest paid quarterback in the cfl they had an absolute pure rookie coach head coach Mm -hmm. and they didn't build a team and how did they do well they had more victories in toronto but that's they didn't do very well much you would think that learning from bc lions experience last year Toronto would not repeat the same thing this year. Went out and got Matt Nichols. Went out and got a brand spanking new rookie head coach with zero experience. And what else have they done? Nothing. Not much of anything. Nope. They didn't even spend a lot of money on uh, on offensive linemen. They did. Oh, they got two of them. Two of them are in the top ten. But seriously, wouldn't you have learned from your experience? I, an experienced, successful head coach is important. And is that why they went out and hired Corey Chamblin last year? Well, he's experienced, but, but, but. Successful? I can't say that. But, I mean, the biggest difference in my mind is Dinwiddie is an offensive coach as opposed to a defensive coach. And I would would think that if you go back in time, defensive coaches probably falter worse than offensive coaches do. Correct. And that's why I don't like defensive coaches as head coaches. Becoming head coaches. Defensive right. coordinators. You said that. Before. And I also have to put a caveat in that because the two winningest coaches in CFL history were both defensive coordinators. Yes, they were. John Matthews and Wally Bono. Yes. Right. So, um, but I, personally, but, I prefer but. to have a, a, a former quarterback, a defensive minded coordinator as my head coach. Okay, just saying. I mean, you look at Scott well, Milanovic, Dave Dickinson, um, just those are the current guys, right? And I can't remember who uh, Don Matthews had 
as offensive coaches, but Wally always surrounded himself with good offensive coaches as well. Yes. Don because he knew his Verado here. He knew his failings. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, how many did uh, Wally win with uh, George Cortez, right? Yep. So. Or, you know, using, um, what's his name, the, the, the French guy, Dr. Chapeline. Use that as an example. Right. Sure. He was a very good uh, offensive coordinator. He just didn't evolve. His biggest problem was he didn't evolve with the game. And everybody could read him like a book. Mm-hmm. A cheap book. So. And Scott great to drop in the name of, of Chris Jones into this discussion because I think much like like Don Matthews, I think he's one of the, the greatest defensive minds this league has ever seen and I think he was a pretty good head coach in this league as well. And I'd also like to mention I don't think the, he uh, was actually a head coach. That they, they great Look at winning. his offensive stats during that time. I I think they, they they were successful to the degree that they were solely on having an impenetrable Defense. Can't argue with that. Also note that okay. the uh, the Grey Cup winning Winnipeg Blue Bombers, had maybe not a defensive coordinator, but he uh, he played middle linebacker in the league in Mike O'Shea. Yeah, but he also had Paul Apolise. Yes. Okay. And and Buck Pierce. Yep. So if you're going to be a defensive-minded head coach, surround yourself with very good offensive-minded coordinators. Okay? And you have to uh, agree that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had a better defense than they had offense last year. Yeah, absolutely. That's hard to do. Okay. That's hard to dispute. We were talking yes, earlier we, about receivers who had 1,000-yard uh, seasons and how many they've had and if, whether or not they've had any. I believe I heard that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers didn't have a single receiver with a 1,000-yard season. No, they had one receiver at 700 yards, and the rest were under five, if I remember correctly, or, or close to that. They didn't have a quarterback until the last three games. You know, you, you, what What was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers offense last year? Hey, Andy, take this ball, run hard. Andrew Harris. Andy, take this ball, run hard. Andy, catch this ball, run hard. That That's kind of their offense. If, if a, a CFL team, if a defensive coordinator on a CFL team actually game planned to get around Andrew Harris and stopped him, Winnipeg lost. Right? Take him out of the game. Winnipeg has no answer. There's no plan B for the Winnipeg Bars. Does anyone remember what was the record with Andrew Harris without with the suspension? Did they lose the majority of those games? 
I think they went one and one. It was only two games. Okay, that's right. Yeah. They lost one against Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's right. So, but uh, you got to think if, if Andrew Harris is not on the Bombers last year, they, it's very unlikely they win the Grey Cup. Correct. Because he was their offense. Although the. To be fair, their passing game did improve once Zach Caleros took over. Yes, for the last three games of the season. Yes. Okay. Here's an interesting little stat here. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers had total yards of 6,400. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Andrew Harris. (laughs) Half of it, at least. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, it's hard to do Maybe this. Maybe not because, quite half, but... Okay, rushing Andrew Harris had uh, 1,300, and receiving he had... He didn't have that many receiving yards last year. He was very well down on the list. Usually he's trying to... Um, a thousand, a thousand. Get both titles, thousand, a thousand, and he just he can't do it on that team. Andrew Harris only had seventy yards. That doesn't seem right. No, that's not right. Yards. No, 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 no. There it is. Uh, Andrew Harris had five hundred and twenty-nine yards. Okay, so that's still he had thirteen hundred yards rushing. So that's eighteen hundred yards. Uh, you th- they had sixty-four hundred total yards. So that's almost a third. Yep. Yeah. For one guy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I was going to say that to to pump his uh, pump his uh, ego. I'm sure before the end of or sorry the beginning of this season, he will have irrefutable proof that he did not (laughs) cheat. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure he's been working on it all off season. Okay. Yes, had the checks in the mail. No, I won't come in your mouth. There you go. Let's Mm -hmm. go. Move on. Okay, moving on. Three Down Nation asks, why did the CFL rush to a new TV deal? Did they? And if so, why? Well, we did talk about the new TV deal before. Yeah, we did. And did they rush into this? I don't think they rushed into it. I don't think they needed to rush into it. I think that the money was on the table, and they grabbed it. Do we honestly believe that the product the CFL is putting on the table at this point in time is going to get dramatically better in the next five years? I mean, there's only so much you can do. Right. I know there's a lot of people. A lot of people make the argument that the Grey Cup, they should carry on CTV, so it's more um, a more national broadcast, and they're owned by the same company, CTV and. Uh, yeah, and, they're uh, Bell Media. CSN, it's Bell Media. There's a little bit to that, but I mean. I don't think it's that big a deal. Here's the answer to that. I 
personally would be like royally pissed off if I was a sponsor of TSN's CFL night and the biggest game of the year got transferred to another network. Because I'm sure that the sponsorship rate is greatly increased on the CTV over the TSN. Probably, yep. So either these guys, this now becomes unaffordable to them, or they have to pay a premium so that it goes on CTV because there's winners out there. So I, I don't see a point in 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 doing this. I, I'm ha- content and happy with it on TSN. Any comments? I don't think this this increases any small change either. You know, it adds up to like four hundred forty-four thousand per team per year, uh, and that's you know that's not at the extension of the contract. That's starting right now. So I think it's a good deal for the CFL. I think they did good on this contract. Yeah, I think it was a good thing. Yeah, and if it's working for you, then, I mean, I think for overall the TSN has done a good job. If you go right back to when they first took over uh, as kind of the, the sole guys, when they took it away from CBC and so on, I think they've done a good job uh, with uh, the TSN broadcast. So, if you've got the money on the table there and it's good for you, why bother waiting? Just get it done. It's one less thing you have to worry about. I agree. And we're happy about this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. We agree. Okay, number four, segment number four, the Vanier Cup still looking for a home for 2020. Shouldn't the answer be obvious? You mean Regina? Um, do you know why? The Vanier Cup used to be on Grey Cup weekend in the Grey Cup city. Do you know why they broke away from that? Because the Vanier Cup was in Vancouver in 2011. I don't know when it broke away. I think that was the last time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right, Christopher. The next year, Toronto had the Grey Cup, and Vanier Cup went somewhere. Do you know why they broke away? William? No, I don't. Phil? No. No, no, I don't. Charles. I do not know. Okay, they broke away for one reason. And you know what? It makes sense. They broke away because they wanted to play the Vanier Cup in cities where the universities were, in where the fans for the uh, the U Sports is. Not The Grey Cup's only played in CFL cities. Okay? So if you have great. But what about Quebec City? What about, you know, wherever else? So that's why they did that. They changed it so that it could be played at a variety of places other than the nine CFL cities. 
but it has been an utter, I'm not going to say a failure, but it has never been as successful as it did when it was with the Grey Cup weekend. Right. And I think that, um, you know, if they want, uh, you know, every now and then move it away to a Quebec City or something like that, that's fine. (laughs) But if in general, when you've already got tens of thousands of football fans in one city, why would you not uh, put... um, the Vanier Cup there. You're going you've got built in audience there. You're you're going to get more um uh support there in that city because the fans are already there. And if the fans are already there for the Grey Cup Festival, I, I would venture to guess that a whole lot of them would go check out the Vanier Cup if it were there in that city. So to me, it's just a no brainer. Now I understand them wanting to spread it around. If they want to do that every now and then, I can understand that. But in general, when you look at the successes that they had when it was in the Grey Cup City, to me, it's a no-brainer to have it there. It just makes sense. Yeah. It just absolutely makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're not able to buy toilet paper, what would you buy instead? <laughs> Come on, this is a coronavirus question. We have to throw them in every once in a while to confuse people. If you're not able to buy toilet paper, what should you buy? Bum gun. I'm confused. Why are you confused? Paper towels? Well, writer's clothes? A bidet. A bidet. There you go. Hey, I'm looking at a meme right now, and it says the coronavirus scare makes people buy toilet paper. I buy ammunition because I'm coming after your toilet paper. Oh, I saw that one. (laughs) All right, Christopher. Yes, dear. I I just put a name on the messenger board. I would like you to pronounce that entire name. Could you do that for us? Piss off. You've come Jack Aron, Williams. <laughs> there you go. You did it. Did I? Yeah. I don't know. I he? can't pronounce him. So he's the Stampeders center from last year on Cumbry Williams. That's his whole name. I just saw it. I was looking it up. Don't do that to me anymore. Okay. Okay. I promise. I promise. I won't do that to you anymore. Okay. So do we Phil, where do you think the Vanier Cup should be in twenty twenty? Absolutely without a doubt it should be in Calgary. And why? I'll tell you Calgary. why. Yep. Because uh Calgary has gotten used to hosting a Western final every year and now that that has come to an end, I, I really think that that Calgary should be bidding for Vanier Cup. So there's something to do here in November. You know, 
I am still, you know, it's amazing. At my age, I am still shocked and amazed that Ryder fans, having won four Grey Cups in 110 years, can still still be so fucking arrogant. It blows my <laughs> mind. It blows my fucking mind. <laughs> Almost as much as Bomber fans for winning a Grey Cup, one Grey Cup in 30 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, venue Cup should be in Regina just because it's what it needs to be. Is it going to be? I don't know. Biggest problem is that I don't think they have any hotel rooms left for uh, the team, never mind the parents of the team players. Probably not. Okay, so now, where are we going? Can James Wilder Jr. bounce back in Montreal? Oh God! What? Why? 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 What? Why are we talking about James Wilder Jr.? Can he bounce back? Did he ever do anything spectacular? Had to talk about something. He had the one decent year in Toronto, and it's really been nothing since then. Okay. Ever since, remember that part, he he popped yeah. off and started uh, saying how he wasn't getting paid enough. Then they gave him a raise, and then his, uh, his play all went to hell. Well, no, he actually he threatened to sit out the entire season. Because yeah. he wanted to be released to go to the NFL because he was paying, playing his second year for $55,000 and he didn't want to get hurt for $50,000, okay? 55000 or whatever the minimum was back then, right? And that's what, and that, had, that's what he said. And I happen to agree with him, okay? Now, the problem was that with the CBA was that if the Toronto Argonauts rewrote his contract to increase his salary for the next year, which is what they were prepared to do. The CBA said that they had to extend his contract for another year. So that meant he had to stay three years in Toronto and James Wilder wanted his shot in the NFL as soon as possible. If you got, am I correct in this uh, summation of, of what the events were? Yes. Sounds about right, yep. Okay. So, instead of playing his year two at $55,000, which is what he signed a contract that says that he would do, as opposed to signing a rookie contract saying, well, you know, if I make a zillion do- uh, yards or I have performance bonuses put into to year two, um, he signed a contract because he was desperate to play football, professional football anywhere, because a football player is desperate to play for $55,000 a year. Okay? Otherwise, they wouldn't be in it. So, I, I half understand the concept. As a businessman, 
you sign a contract, you should honor your contract. Okay? I understand that. I also don't believe that a all-star player, which he wasn't that year, should have to work for minimum wage. And I think that the problem is, is the CBA was messed up at that point in time. And I believe that they rectified that situation in the last one. Is that correct, Charles? I believe they did, yeah. Yeah. They fixed it so there's a remedy on that one. Yeah. There's also an NFL window. Yes. So that he could have gone and, and had his shot. Okay, so then explain to me, if that's true, why do we have this uh, Holly having a problem in Calgary right now? Well, because the Stamps have said that they don't want to let him go, even though we think he shouldn't, so on. But the Stamps are saying, no, we don't, we don't want to let him go. We want to keep him. Not saying they're right to do so, but at the same time, yeah, but doesn't, uh, he is doesn't under contract. He have, doesn't he have a year left on his contract? I believe he does, yeah. Right. So, I mean, they released other guys early because their contract was up in February. Why, If he signed a two-year contract because last year Nate Hawley was nobody. And he signed a contract. And he should honor the thing. Not arguing. In my I mind. Agree. In my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's amazing no. when you have nothing. When you have nothing, you'll take something, but then you get greedy. Okay. So, I don't know. But why did the Calgary Stampeders not release him to go after his contract, his uh, dream in the NFL, if there was that the NFL window in play? Do you have to put it back that you want an NFL window? I don't know, but all I'm saying is all the guys they did release early from their contracts the contracts were up in February. Yes, agreed. So they didn't so they didn't care. This guy still has a whole year left on his contract. Uh, I don't know. I'd keep him. Well, you know, there is the, the the point here is that if you're forcing somebody to do something that they don't want to do, are they going yeah. to be an asset to your team this year? Nate Hawley did not agree with what the Calgary Stampeders did to him. He filed a grievance with the CFLPA, and it's now right. going to arbitration or mediation or whatever the hell it is. Right. He, 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 he cuts off his nose to spite his face if he doesn't go out there and play the hardest football he can in the next year. But how do you do that when your heart's not in it, that this team, you feel... Uh, slighted by this team. You feel that this team has done a wrong to you. How well, do you go and give you know them the, the, the best that you have? I, I Regardless think of he, what it he, does to your career. I think he believes team management 
has done a fault to him. I, I, I think if he's a team guy, he's not going to let his teammates down. That's just my opinion, but that's the way I would look at it. And I, and I still have an issue with last year you had nothing and you signed a two-year contract. Yeah, and then all of a sudden okay. you have a decent year, and then you're wanting out to try and get more money. And and Nate Hawley wasn't even a starter in Winnipeg. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I can see your point, Christopher. I mean, maybe they should have had a window in his contract where he could explore NFL opportunities for a month and then come back to the team. If he didn't make it, you know what I mean. Exactly, and, and that's exactly what Adam Big Hill did, if you remember. Yeah. Right, and he went down to New Orleans and got signed. And and, and sometimes I I tend to wonder if there's something else behind it that we don't know about. So my question to him would be, how come he signed a two-year contract when everybody else is signing one-year contracts these days? Because a rookie contract has to be two years. Oh, does it? Yes. American or Canadian, it doesn't matter? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Draft picks three years. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I think it's draft picks yes. three years now. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I like that. Okay. So, James Wilder Jr. having a bounce back year in 2020 with the Montreal Alouettes. I don't know. Okay. Still, a few well-known free agents on them. Oh, I want to play this one. Please, 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 let's play this one. Got to go back up here. Click on this button. And the list pops up here. Look at this. Look at this. I have a list. Okay. Here are a few free agents. This was put out by uh, Mark Steven, Stefan, uh, sports broadcaster. Who's he sports broadcaster with? Do you know anything about him? I'm not nope. positive. No, no. No. Let, let, let's click on the link and find out who the hell he is. I mean... Who would put up their Facebook thing and go sports broadcaster? I mean, like, who are you broadcasting for? He's a Calgary Stampeder fan. It's called Mark on Football. So you guys are in Calgary. Who is this? This is this is uh, at at sports media in Calgary. This guy here, Mark Steven. Do you know who he is? My two, my two Calgary guys. 
Is he really a yes. sports broadcaster? Yes, he's a sports broadcaster. For who? I have no clue, Global or somebody like that. Huh. Oh, okay. I'm just curious why anybody would call themselves that. It's kind of like being a Ryder fan, isn't it? And four wins in 110 years. Or a bomber fan right now. Okay, anyhow, okay, free agent. These are free agents that are still available. A month, exactly a month after free agency started. Okay? Free agency started, what was it, the 11th of, of February, wasn't it? Yep. And where are we now? We're the 10th. So this is a month later. Number one on the list, oh, not necessarily in order, but Manny Arsenault. High-end receiver over the hill, maybe. Last year, he was with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He spent most of his career with the BC Lions. Is Manny over the hill? Is, it, would it, is he asking too much? Or is just his stock fallen so far that nobody really wants him? William, what's your thoughts on Manny Arsenault? Yeah, he's... Uh... He's past his prime, okay? Um, I don't think, I don't know, a team might sign him for a little bit of leadership in the receiving core, but I don't know what kind of money he would pay for, play for, and I think I don't think anybody's going to sign him. So, you know, if, if you remember, unlike BC receivers, like when they get old and they're no longer in BC, they, they usually end up in Saskatchewan, right? They go to Saskatchewan yeah. and die. So this guy played in Saskatchewan last year. Saskatchewan's not bringing him back. So Manny, Ar- Manny Arsenault is going the way of Giroir Simon, yep. Jason Claremont, and a couple others. Okay? So I don't think Manny is going to get picked up. It, would you, as GM in the CFL, pick up Manny Arsenault if you had some uh, injuries in your receiving core this year, or do you think you're just better off to go with young talent and try to develop? Charles. I love Manny. I've been a fan of his for his whole career. I think his best before date has come and gone. And uh, as much as I like him, I would probably go with the younger, uh, younger receiver, uh, someone you could develop. And uh, uh, man, he doesn't have much time left. Uh, I mean, he was getting long in the tooth before uh, he left BC. Uh, he did not have a, a stellar year last year in Saskatchewan. I'd probably go younger. Okay, Ryder fan, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think you got to look back to last year in free agency when you, when you look what for Manny what he signed for in in twenty thousand in twenty nineteen, uh, it was only like in the hundred and twenty thousand dollar range. So I don't think Manny's going to play for less money than that, and I just don't see a team uh, offering him one hundred and twenty thousand at this point. No, yeah, and for one hundred twenty thousand dollars, you can get some young stud. Right. If you look at the so, at the riders roster, they've got they've got some young guys that they're paying in that hundred and twenty thousand dollar range, that uh, that are just physically more capable than what Manning is at, at this stage in his career. Of course. 
Bam. And I think we see that right across the league. There's, we've got a wealth of receiver talents in, in the CFL right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Is Will coming in? No, no, Will. Will doesn't want to talk. Yes, I do. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, so that's Manny Arsenault. Where did my list go? There he is. Nope, that's not the same list. We're over at Mark Steven here. Nope, that's not it either. Where did my list go? How did that disappear? This isn't fair. Okay, let's let's make this go over here. Too many things happening on my Facebook page at one time. Uh, another free agent here that is still outstanding is Corey Greenwood, linebacker from the Calgary Stampeders. Is this a bit of a shock? Corey Greenwood was a pretty amazing linebacker last year. Is he just asking? He's just priced himself out, asking way too much money, and is prepared no. to sit the year out? No, I don't think so. What's going on here? This doesn't make any sense at all. He can't. He can't decide if he wants to retire or not because he has an injury. He has stingers all the time. It put him out last year. I don't know if Calgary is offering. I think they would offer him enough money, but I, I just he's contemplating retirement. I do believe because nobody. I don't think anybody's going to sign him. I really don't, other than Calgary, to be honest with you. Because when he was not injured last year, he was pretty effective for an old guy. Okay. So it's it's kind of the end of the road for Corey Greenwood as well. So we got Manny Arsenault and Corey Greenwood kind of on the outs because of age. Okay. Our, our, our next contestant on the, who the hell should go away uh, is linebacker Sam Hurl. Now, Sam Hurl's still a free agent. Last year he was with Saskatchewan. Are, is anybody truly surprised by this? And is Sam Hurl too old to be doing Or is he just lacking in talent? Charles. Uh, I've never been a Sam Hurl fan, so um, <laughs> I'm going to say lacking in talent. I'm not a... Um, uh, I'm not a Sam Hurl fan at all. I think uh, there, he was been overrated by a lot of people. I don't think he's the, the be-all, end-all. I think he's very average at best. So, I mean, he's not a guy I'm running out to try and sign. But we have said that for the last four years about Sam Hurl. I don't know why he's on this list. Who cares? Well, you put him on the list. Well, you, no, put, you gave us list. the list. I just put the list up. I don't know why he's on the list. Because, quite frankly, he wouldn't be one that I'd be all that interested in. I probably shouldn't say that. Okay. Um, I just pulled up his, his page. I was uh, completely shocked that he's a white guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's just move on. Uh, next on the list. No, nobody thinks that Sam Hurl should get, be able to get a job in the CFL. And, and, and we've said that for the last four years. And Winnipeg keeps bringing him back. And now Saskatchewan did. 
Oh well, defensive end. Uh, but Sean he does. Lemon. But he does every year. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah, but he, every year he comes back. So is he the type of guy that is just guy. going to make a CFL appearance when there's some injuries? You know, closer Probably. to like Labor Day. They bring him in because he's an experienced guy. He's got a guy that's got experience. Yeah, so what is he now? He's 29 years old. He's not even that old. Yeah, Corey Greenwood's 34 by comparison. Yeah. And, you know, and he's a Calgary Dino. Why don't the Calgary Stampeders pick up Sam Hurl? Because Sam Hurl hurls. How does that sound? (laughs) Defensive end Sean Lemon, Toronto last year, and then B.C., he is now a, a free agent. BC brought him back twice. 2018-2019. Have we have we parted company for with him for the last time in BC? Where is he going to end up? Is he going to end up? Is this another one that's a little long in the tooth? I don't think so. I think he no, shows up either. every year. I think he shows up every year, gets 10 sacks, 12 sacks, whatever he gets. And uh, he's not – how old is he? He's not that old. 31. He's 30, 31. Okay, that's not old for a defensive end. Okay, I can see him – I bet you he ends up in Montreal because Montreal has Danny Machocha, and Danny Machocha always likes veteran guys. Okay. And they could use some. They could use a pass rush there. They could use a pass they rush. Still have, they could use some kind of a rush. They still have. They still have the active sack leader in the CFL, but he's really long in the tooth. Moamba. No. Remember, I can't remember his name. The defensive John end. Bowman. He's been there forever. John oh, Bowman. John thank Bowman. you. Yeah. Yes, he's the he's the sack leader. Uh, he's the. Uh, He's the sack leader in the CFL right now. Not for the year, so, but for for his career. Yes, not for okay. not. He's not the sack leader. That was what's his name? Who was, who was, who was the sack leader? No, 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 no. All time sack leader. Oh, who is it? They're both chasing him. Ah, fuck! I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyways, I know that Charleston Hughes is at 130. John Bowman is at 136. I think it's uh, like 140 something. They figure they figure Charleston Hughes is going to need two more seasons to get there. Okay, who are we talking about? CFL all time. Are you James Quick Parker? I don't think so. Is it? No, no, this is this is my my Charles guy. This is a question for Charles. See this again? Who's the all-time CFL sack leader? Isn't it Joel Monford? Is it Joel Monford? Wasn't I don't he think the, it is. Wasn't he the quarterback for the San Francisco Forty ers No, that was that Joe Montana. Montana. Well, same same thing. <laughs> Close. He impressed that I knew that. Joe Monford was the guy in Scarface, wasn't he? 
Oh no, that was Joe Montana. Jo- jo- no, that was I can't. Joe Montana. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think. I don't know. Most quarterback Tony sacks Montana. in a career. Tony Montana. Is Grover Covington at 157, and then Alfred Payton at 154, Bobby Jurison yep. at 142, James Quick Parker at 139 and a half, and 135 is Joe Montford. Mm-hmm. How's that? And where Charleston? I'm sure Charleston Hughes. They said it was at 130. Yeah, it, it could be down. It, it it only goes that far for me. It only lists five. Oh, okay. Unless they've, there's more for one thing, which is like quarterback backs in one game, and there's like ten guys who have got five. Dave Benefield being one of them. Is that a chocolate bar? Are you going to share? Nope. I don't think it's a chocolate bar. Okay. It is. It is? is It's a Wonder Bar. You don't eat those, do you? I love Wonder Bars. I I would have an O'Henry right now. In fact, I think I have one on my night table. I'm going to go eat that later on. When's this show over? I'm getting hungry. Okay. Uh, Next on the list, running back, Calvin McCarty. Edmonton Eskimos last year. Is anybody surprised this guy's a free agent? No. No, no not at all. No. Okay. Let's just move on from Calvin McCarty. He's been, uh, receiver. He's been, an, he's been an Edmonton lifer, so he's not going anywhere. He's I not don't going anywhere. When Edmonton doesn't want you anymore, you're not going anywhere. Receiver Luke Tasker with the Hamilton Tiger Cats last year. Is Luke Tasker, where is he going? He's not going anywhere right now. Not in a hurry. It's been a month. Uh, I think he's, a, as a receiver, I think he's pretty much up the hill. He's what? A little bit over the hill. He's been around for a while. Let's see. I didn't how... think he was that old. Oh, he's not either. He's 29 years old. That's nothing. No, he's not that old. Just a youngin'. I, he's one guy I'm really surprised he's still available. I thought he was And a Canadian early. wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's, okay, got, so he's if put up he... If he's still a free he's agent, not, he's this, not. He's not Canadian. It says Canadian. Luke Tasker? I think he is. No, 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 no. He's, no. No, no, no. Sorry, he was born in New York. Oh, okay. His father played in the NFL. Remember? Yes, that's right. You're right about that. So no, I think I think the biggest thing for him is uh, he's injury prone. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. that's an issue for him. And he is kind of a slow white guy, so <laughs> if you're gonna sign an American receiver you fight you sign a fast well, black guy, hands. sorry. Very good hands. He does. He does. He's one of those good clutch receivers, I think. He is. Yeah. Yeah, he is he's he's like a Ben Cahoon type uh you, you you throw him the ball, you know he's gonna catch it. Bottom yeah. line, right? Uh, Western Dressler's another one like him. Yep. Time and place. And uh, injury has has slowed him down. That's a fact. Okay. 
Moving on from Mr. Tasker, receiver Drell Walker. I think everybody's surprised that Darrell Walker is still a free agent. Yep. I think Darrell Walker is surprised that he's still a free agent. Because he believes that he's worth the money he's asking. Or he'd be signed with a team. The latest rumor is he wants three hundred grand. Good luck. Are you shitting me? If that's the nope. case, then he's going to be sitting still. He, he made two seventy five. He made two seventy five last year in Toronto. Three hundred grand. <laughs> Who's stupid enough to do that? No, well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Ed Hervey. Maybe Montreal. Not at 300 grand. Come on, he's a receiver. I know. Younger, stronger, faster, cheaper. Yep. Obviously, he's obviously. You can get five, five rookie receivers for that kind of money. Yeah, or you can get or you could get three really good receivers for that money. True. Yeah. True. You think any receiver on Calgary is close to three hundred grand? I don't I don't I'm not so. sure all the receivers on Calgary are three hundred grand. Well no, because Huff Huff knows that receivers are replaceable. It's that simple. All they have to be is fast and they can catch. That's it. Yeah. Okay, and last on this list is defensive end Odell Willis. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, he's done. He's I'm sorry, but he's done. He's long in the tooth. So And I like Odell Willis and I think he's he, in his time in B C he's played pretty well, but I think it's pretty evident from last season this guy's uh he's finished. Well, he 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 did perform quite well when Sean Lemon came on board. Yeah, he did. The defense actually came together. I mean, let's face it, with BC Lions last year, you put four hands on Odell, did nothing. Right? Yep, true. So you double-team Odell, and nothing the BC Lions did until Sean Lemon showed up, and then they actually kind of tr- improved each other. Okay? So on this list, we have Manny Arsenault, Barry Greenwood, Sam Hurl, Sean Lemon, Calvin McCarty, Luke Tasker, Rel Walker, and Odell Willis, who only believe that there's two that are going to find their way onto a CFL roster this year. Is that correct? Which well, is I mean, Sean before training camp. You, so these guys could get brought in. Some of these guys could get brought in mid-season. I'm not saying it's impossible, but uh, yeah. You know, even the thing about you know the, that article said that that Ed Hervey replaced Odell Willis with uh, Chris Casher or whatever his name is. I can see that, but you know what? The thing you got to look at is if Chris Casher gets 15 sacks this year, which is not out of the question, 
He's young. He's new. Okay? He's gone. He's gone after one season. He'll try his luck in the NFL. That that's what they true, all yeah. want to. That's what they all want to do. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to sign Odell. I think. I think uh, what's his name will sign in Calgary. Maybe if he decides to play, and uh, the rest of them, Tasker, maybe. Um, I think what's his name has has. Overpriced himself at three hundred grand. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. And is he willing to come in and play for one hundred and ninety? You know who's not on this list? Devin? I'm surprised by a. Eh? Who? Ron Carter. Carter. Yeah. I'm actually quite surprised that Deron Carter has not surfaced in the XFL. I thought for sure he was going to show up there. Hard to say. But I mean, this XFL is half over this year, right? Yeah. Yep. We're not going to be seeing anything happening there. Did I no, hear that right? Not. Did I hear it right? Did SJ Green get get uh, cut? Not that I've heard, but maybe I. I, I don't know if I. I don't know if I dream that or what. But yes, gentlemen, I dream about football. Okay. Yeah, I think that was no a great uh, dream. He's a receiver for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Oh, and then uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. And, yeah, I got – no, where is he? He's on Tampa Bay on Wikipedia. We don't know that. And they've also got him on the Seattle Dragons. Yeah, I, I think he, he started with the Dragons, but I thought I heard he got traded to S.J. Green because people were saying how he was going to be re, reuniting with Mark Tressman. Mark Tressman has him, yes. Mark Tressman acquires him on February 18th. Yes, he went to the drag. He was with the Dragons, and he was traded to Tampa Bay mm-hmm. for Corey Tomer, whoever the hell that is. Yep. Okay, so this list is not definitive, and it's over. So let's move on. Can Pill Pinball Clemens? back in charge of the Toronto Argonauts helps steer the team back in the right direction on and off the field. Well, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Michael Clements. Okay, he's just an all-round nice guy, doesn't piss anybody else off. Okay? Except maybe that annoying smile. But does he have the ability coming back, because he was their coach before. Wasn't he even the president of the Argos at one point in time? Coach, general Uh, manager, and president? Was he he their president? I know he was their coach and their GM. I don't remember if he was the president or not. Yeah, he has been the president. Has he? Okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, Yeah, I thought he had been. Somewhere in the little gray cell says that he was president at one point in time. 
Okay, so he's back now as the general manager with no experience as a general manager. Do we see him being successful in Toronto? Well, his big signing of the year was Matt Nichols. Somebody, uh, uh, the third string quarterback, Edmonton Eskimos, that gets released to be the starter, to the, to be the Drew Willie replacement in Winnipeg, to be toast, kicked to the curb for Zach Caleros, who hasn't finished a season in this CFL in his entire career. Mike Pinball Clemens goes off and signs Matt Nichols to be the quarterback in Toronto, who was a, what, a three and 15 team last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a story of a turnaround happening. Well, you know what? I think the CFL is a much better place with Pinball Clemens in it. Okay. Yes. He's I, a great I, ambassador I, of the game. He likes to. He reminds me of Buckwheat. Okay, he's a he's a mascot. <laughs> he's a mascot. Okay, he's a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. He's a motivational kind of guy, but I don't think he's a general manager. I don't <laughs> think he's involved enough with scouting and the whole thing. I mean. He can promote the crap out of the Argos. That's for sure. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But that's not all the general manager has to do. I don't know if he's capable. And just from what he's done so far, he signed a rookie head coach. Okay, He's got Matt Nichols as his quarterback. I think they're setting themselves up for failure. And he'll never be the guy who'll who will be the scapegoat, but I just, I, I just, I hate to see a guy like that be in a position where he's not going to succeed in my mind. And if he does succeed, Hey, more power to him. I'll change my whole attitude towards him. I think you've nailed it there. Well, but he, nobody's ever accused him of being a uh, player personnel guy, but he doesn't have to be there. Uh, We've got John Murphy, director of player personnel. And uh, I think in the case with pinball, being the face of the franchise marketing-wise is more important as a general manager to the Toronto Organuts organization than anything right now. So then why don't you bring him back as president or vice president of off-field operations or something as opposed to football operations, which is what most people – You know what? Why put, him in a, why put him in a chair that he's ill-prepared to sit in? Nobody interviews the president. Why not? What do you mean? Why not? Well, the, the, the general manager needs to speak to the media fairly often throughout the season, and I think that's a real good opportunity to help market the, the Argonauts by having him in front of the media to answer those questions. So why don't you have him well, vice president of, of media relations? And I really think that's what, that's what he's doing. I think that's the job he's basically doing there. You're basically saying John Murphy is the, is the uh, GM by what? Proxy? Almost. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So John Murphy has been the GM in the last couple of three stops by proxy. 
is he going to get a shot at actually being the GM? I think he should. Because wasn't he the GM under Chris Jones, and he basically built the team? Yeah. Yeah, he was the co-GM or the director of player personnel and, and basically did the most of the general manager duties, at least when it and came was, to player personnel. was he not also the uh, assistant GM under Huffnagel for a while? Yeah, that's, that's correct. He was. Right. I mean, that's where he cut his teeth. And then he went off and shopped his services. Just kind of what happens to Calgary people. Okay. So consensus is Pinball Clement is a figurehead. He's somebody that well, we're going to march around in front of his in the John Cornish cheer se- cheering section. <laughs> yep. So if that's the case, is that what Andrew Harris is going to be in Winnipeg when he retires? No, Andrew. no, Andrew. Andrew Harris is going to sell his own line of uh, of steroids. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> and, supplements, uh, supplements. That's, not that's, steroids. Supplements. That's, that supplements, right? Right. And you know he's going to go down in history as a steroid pusher. Okay. I'd love to see so, a, a, a Photoshop of uh, Andrew Harris's face and Richard Nixon with the two peace signs where he's going, I am not a crook. (laughs) You know, it's not not very much fun to talk about this stuff because we got nobody rebutting us as in Mark. Okay. We got to find ourselves another Winnipeg fan, I think, just to abuse. Well, one that shows up for the podcast? Yeah, that one. That would be nice. Where's Todd Bogey? Uh, Todd listens to the podcast, but I've asked him several times to come on board, and uh, I don't know. I don't think that that would be a good blend. But okay, bring we'll on see Jared. What happened. I, I've asked Jared to come on board. He honestly, he says he's never listened to our podcast. He doesn't listen to podcasts, period, and it's kind of past his bedtime. Okay, just like when they go to bed early in Winnipeg. I guess so, because Mark's never on the show. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, um, I don't think Todd likes to speak in public. So, you know what I mean? Well, he talks to the lady at the Seven Eleven counter often. <laughs> well, because he's in there every day, twice a day, three times a day, four times a day. I told him that he should buy shares in it. What was that? He should buy shares in Seven Eleven. Well, you know what? And it's a, it's a funny thing. I was saying to somebody today, I love it in the summertime. I'll cut my grass or I'll work in my yard all day. And if I get really hot, I'll get in my car and I'll go to Seven Eleven and buy a Slurpee. And it reminds me of Winnipeg and my youth when I do that, okay? Because I used to do that all the time when I lived in Winnipeg, so. And then I got a life. Oh, did I say that? Whoops. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Talk about cutting your grass. I haven't heard from Neil in a while. Shout out to Neil Kroll, our big fan in Calgary. Yeah, he hasn't he been like... talking on the on on Messenger lately, so. No, I haven't heard from Neil in a while. So you get a shout out, buddy, just because you're a big fan of ours, and we're hoping <laughs> that everything's okay in your life. Um, moving on, we got one more thing to talk about tonight. UBC quarterback Michael O'Connor says that he wants to show the CFL that a Canadian quarterback can play with the best. Do we think we will see a Canadian quarterback as a regular starter anytime soon? Wow. Okay, uh, Michael O'Connor. Now, let's uh, just so that everybody who doesn't know who this guy is. He's he's not really a Canadian, is he? How so? Well, he's born in Canada, but didn't he live just about his entire life in America? Who does he play for? I've never heard of him. Well, Toronto drafted him in 2019, which is last year. And he played for the UBC Thunderbirds. That's correct. But he he came out and said that he is it. He is the God gift to quarterbacks, Canadian quarterbacks. And uh, that's what it is. April 5th, 2019. uh, Canadian quarterback has scouts believe now that he has an NFL shot. Okay? He, He... Wow. Okay. Frankly, I am sick of hearing about Canadian quarterbacks. And I was so glad to hear that Brandon Bridge retired. Because if you look at the amount of print that Brandon Bridge got himself into because he was born a Canadian, and the amount of chances that he got in the CFL because he was born a Canadian, more than any American quarterback would ever, ever get. Uh, It was a ridiculous waste of time by the Canadian Football League. Yeah, we also talk about Deron Carter and Chad Johnson too, and that other dickhead well, no, quarterback. But, who who but, is the one that got got away? About it, if you think about it, up and until Sardo? last year, up until last year, Brandon Bridge was the best quarterback Saskatchewan's had in a decade. So, oh geez, true story. Yeah, I still say Brandon Bridge would have made a hell of a national slot back. I think so. I I agree. He just Would had the body pretty another... he had the attitude for it. He could run and he could he had the power to hit the line. He would have been yeah. another Jason Claremont. Easy. Jason Claremont Ben Cahoon comes to mind just like that. Uh yeah. He should have switched positions. And I hate to say that to Canadian quarterbacks who actually think that they're good enough to play in the CFL. More power to you if you think you can. But it's not going to happen. There's no incentive. There's no incentive for them to do that. Well, I think we'll see a Canadian quarterback in the CFL if he's better than the American guy. Yes. Yep. So, 
Until that happens, no. There, there's no incentive for the CFL teams to put a Canadian in at quarterback. So nope. until there is, he has to be better than the other 20,000 U.S. quarterbacks that have got way more coaching than the Canadian guys. But that being said, uh, there was something in this thing, and I, I was reading it, and, and it was Mr. Benefield again, I think it was. Or was it Jed? Somebody made a comment on, on the post. So while while I'm looking this up because I can, anybody hear what the uh, the rankings, the ratings are for the uh, uh, XFL? Are they still on decline? Yeah, they this past weekend was the first time they were under a million viewers. Under a million viewers. So yep. what are the odds that they are going to uh, be able to turn this around? I don't know. I think they'll finish the season, but from there, I don't know where they go from there. And so far, I think I think the I think the XFL will. I think they've done well enough, and we'll see what their final stats are. But I think they've done well enough to have another season. but we shall see. Hey, here we go. Uh, David Benefield's comment here. Uh, Everybody's saying, oh, best of luck, best of luck, best of luck. Uh, David Benefield comes out and says, well, he's really only Canadian by birth. His football is all-American. Prep school, IMG, Penn State. He's been coached by some of the best, even at UBC under Coach Barato. So, he was playing it uh, at Penn State, and then he came to UBC to be the starter because he couldn't make be the starter in Penn State. Uh, does that make sense to you? Is that what I heard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So he wanted some serious playing time. He wasn't going to get it at Penn State. He wasn't going to get it anywhere else at any NCAA Division One school. So... He came to the UBC Thunderbirds to get the attention of the Canadian draft. Knowing that the Americans weren't going to really take any, any part of that. But if he's in prep school down there, he did high school in, in America. So he's gone through the programs properly. The way you would expect an American quarterback to be. Could he, he be the IMG one that cracks about 70% of the players that go to IMG Academy get drafted in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get an NFL shot. He got a CFL shot. Is he going to be able to come in here and make the most of this? Could he be the one? I've said that about a Canadian quarterback before, and any of them. Uh, any of them never had any aspirations. I think the guy in Toronto that went to be a, a toilet repair guy or whatever he did uh, in in Calgary, sorry, um, what had the best shot? Who's that guy that retired last year? 
Um, nope. Andrew Buckley. Andrew Buckley. I think he had the best shot at it. But reality says it's not going to happen. O'Connor certainly has the pedigree. He does. Which, however, how many American quarterbacks up fresh to this league with the pedigree? Of, and don't uh, make it. Or better, yeah. and don't make it. So he's just another right. one of hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we all agree on that. So it ha- it takes a special – it just depends on whether or not there's too much hype around him or are they going to let him learn the ropes of the game. Is he going to be patient enough to learn the ropes of the game? That's all we need to know. I just hope the media leaves it alone, but you know they won't. They won't. No, because he's news. I mean, look at Three Down Nation is writing articles about him. Now stop. I don't know. I'd like to see it happen. Don't know if it ever will. Not holding my breath. There is my button. Tap to it. Hmm? I've lost um, Bog Talk. You have? I'm here, but Bog Talk went away. Oh, okay. I'm here too. So we could we could talk for another three minutes and we three hours and we wouldn't be on the air. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Well, no just my console went much. away. I got a a minute forty six left, so that's not going to happen. So I'm about to get this ninety seconds. Um. Okay. Anything else, you guys? If you know, for a pretty slow news week, I think we did put a, together a decent show. Yeah, we never was it slow. Thanks for the agenda, Charles. As always, it was wonderful. Oh, you did really good. Yep. Okay, uh, let's uh, wrap this one up and get out of here. Uh, I got horse chores to do. Let's talk CFL podcast episode number 426. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we got to talk football. We should have talked a little slower, and then things could have happened. Anyhow, um, okay, uh, Charles, say good night. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Maybe there'll be more uh, more stuff. Maybe more stuff's happen. Joe Walker, is he going to sign? No. Ah, Phil, no. say good night. Good night, everyone, and don't forget to get your vote in for the Vanier Cup to be held in Calgary. Is it up for an election? Is there a vote? I don't know. Voting. Who's voting? There's no vote on this. I didn't hear about that. You mean you want to sign a petition? Why don't you start a petition? Start a petition. Let's start a petition. Start, start a petition. Okay, you do that. William, say good night to the, the people out there. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. And go toilet paper. <laughs> go toilet paper. Yeah, so who's going to win the next round? Uh, the coronavirus. Not that. I'm tequila. <laughs> <laughs>